pickleball is just really a white person's excuse to finally feel athletic. Um, I was at the gym earlier, and on ESPN, ES fucking PN, I felt like I was watching Dodgeball the movie, like ESPN the Ocho. At least Dodgeballs, at least you're ducking and diving. They literally shortened this tennis court for incompetent, unathletic, middle-aged, white real estate investors to be like, hey, look at us, we're athletes. It's like, no, you're not. And to see the passion, and I remember there was this one part, this husband and wife, their last name was, I think, Watson. Oh, don't get a massage to Deshaun. (laughs) All right, all these sports fans know that one. But these husband and wife combo, because all of them were boyfriend and girlfriend, husband and wife combos. It was always awkward that the Watson and Watson combo, but then across their competition, they didn't share the same last name. So maybe they were married, but she didn't take his last name, but she took his last paycheck. Hey, um, <laughs> but she's going to take that pickleball paycheck. ESPN, baby. Um, but I can't believe pickleball is on ESPN. I know it's Sunday. I know Sundays are the days to put women's volleyball the WNBA, sports that essentially no one fucking cares about. But pickleball is on ESPN. It's literally, they literally shorten the tennis court by half. It's the only excuse that we don't have to have foreign white people be athletic. And it's like, hey, look at us. Boom, boom. It's like, I used to play that shit in my backyard. And you know what? We used to go to Walgreens and pay eight bucks for the whole setup. Now these people are probably making hundreds of thousands of dollars for winning a set of three match. Pickleball is just this thing that's trending and crazing. What is it? Like trending the world? It's been this trending sport that essentially, you know what? I'm I'm typically not a appropriation or a white, as people say, whitewashing fan. But pickleball is the best example of whitewashing taking full front of sports. Like, you know what? Let's just let the white Serbians, the white Englishmen, the white uh, Frenchmen dominate men's tennis. And let's, cons- let's consider that a real sport. I swear to God, if I go on ESPN, I haven't checked yet, but if I see pickleball as a sport I can look at, if I can start betting on pickleball, I'm going to have a couple balls under my pickle and then thrust it onto my phone and maybe I'll get a phone case. Um, but in the meantime, um, but yeah, pickleball, um, let's just say I have a pickle in this deal. Hey, oh, I love me some zesty bread and butter. <laughs> All right. Welcome to episode 199. That is one away from 200. Hey, you know what that means? Um, I don't, uh, but welcome to episode 199, the often be podcast with Clint Nelson. I'm your host. Clint Nelson. Don't forget to like, follow, comment, subscribe, hit the notification bell on all apps, wherever the fuck you listen to this shit. And don't forget to suck some titties. And boy, this podcast is growing by the day. Kind of like the uh, inches of my will to watch and bet on sports that I shouldn't be betting on. I really bet in Five bucks on a baseball game today. And you know what happened? Aaron Judge decided like, hey, I ran into a right field wall. 
the night before, so I'm not going to play. So, the moral of the story is, is, uh, stop spending money on things that you don't watch. Um, (laughs) oh, I'm a mess. I'm a hot, hot mess. And Al Pacino impregnated a 29-year-old, uh, Tatiana. But I like to call her a opportunitist Anna. It's funny if you add Anna to anything, it sounds like you're saying something nice about them. Um, but apparently, I think she used to date Mick Jagger, so she obviously has a type. Um, old and wrinkly. <laughs> and uh, I could probably get a few wrinkles out of my clothes. But you know what? I'd rather have wrinkles in my clothes than wrinkles on my skin. Next thing you know, I'm in her lion's den. Because... Um, <laughs> uh, Next thing you know, Timon and Pumbaa is like, hey there, Nala, want to come in? And I'm like under a rock, like Patrick, and I'm the star in this podcast. Hey, that didn't rhyme, but you know what? Rhyming is for non-white people. Um, As I said in episode 197, only because I recently did the description, um, rhyming in scheme, eventually... I'll get around to it. You just got to be patient with it fitting in. Um, <laughs> eventually, it'll come around. Um, but yeah, no. If if I was 70, however old Al Pacino is, and impregnated a 29-year-old, which is technically still older than me, so technically I'm still a young buck, a young buck fella. And boy, I got to... Make you feel like you like a uh, Bella on Beauty and the Beast. Because uh, the booty is deceased because I killed it in my sleep. All right. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I stole that line from a friend a long time ago. But you know what? He never monetized it. He never put an LLC on it. Whatever the fuck that means. I think it means like licensing company. It's like license, license company. Um, one day, this will have an LLC. And eventually... People actually want to clip this podcast. And one day, I want to, you know, give you a little snippet of the tippet of your little ripplet. And uh, next thing you know, <laughs> I'm laughing at your girl saying, hey, come here, little piglet. Um, <laughs> oink, oink. Because um, that's the sound she'd be making when I doink, doink. Um, <laughs> I'm such a fool. But you know what? I'm the biggest podcaster on YouTube. I got 215 views in a day and a half. Well, a day and three quarters. But you know what? Who's counting? Um, (laughs) Obviously me. Um, But the only thing I'm counting on is continue support, continue love, and continue um, wet dicking. Um, Because you can wet my beak. Because I'm like Dawson's Creek. James Vanderbeek. Hey, <laughs> bruh, I'm just waiting for that insert. If I if I edit this podcast, I would insert audio, bruh. Um, because <laughs> uh, bruh, I can see your dick through your pants, even though you're wearing a dress. Um, and I got a few things to address. I'm feeling so blessed. I don't feel stressed. If I ever do, I know your address, so I'll pull up, and your girl comes out and says, "Hey." Please give it a rest. My boyfriend's a bitch. Um, <laughs> oh, Jesus. I'm a fool. I may be a fool, but I don't pity the fool. Because of the ice titties. Hey. 
all right, put you on the cutting block, or is it the yeah the cutting block, the chopping block, because I chop it up like I'm chopping some leaves, and it ain't weed I'm smoking. It's your girl's booty in between my knees. Cause I'm the bee's knees and she got honey so sticky she would think I would lick for free. Psych, bitch. I'm like Hitch. Cause I'll slap you in the face if you're like Chris Rock. Cause I'm like Patrick the Star under the sea. Hey! And this is why this podcast is named Off and Bee. Cause I could rhyme unexpectedly. Oh, Jesus. Who needs uh, Benny the Butcher when you got Clint the Hitch the Hiker? Because <laughs> I look like a I look like a homeless hiker. Because um, <laughs> I got a stick pointing out. And uh, I don't wear underwear. Because hey. <laughs> I go full commando in the streets like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Except I am Mr. Freeze. Because <laughs> I'm so cold on the spot. But sometimes I still bring the heat. And that's why it's 79 degrees in here. Um, <laughs> oh, Jesus. Nala. No, Nala. Uh, I would point with my lightsaber. But uh, I'm going to start at the war at, you know, <laughs> this heat wave. Um, but yeah, no, seriously. If I were Al Pacino or Robert De Niro. And if I was like... 80 years old, and I was impregnating, if I was going the Nick Cannon route, that's when I would start impregnating, like, a different woman, right? Like, I wouldn't start impregnating six-plus women until I get to, like, 70 or 80, if I'm still able to produce, which I probably will be, you know, I'm a stout guy, I'm a stout guy who can let it fly, and, uh, trust me, it's never dry, um, (laughs) uh, Jesus, but, um, yeah, like at the and people say like there's this comedian named Theo Vaughn. I, I I forgot what the term is called. I came across a video. I actually saved it to watch later. It's called like the grad. It's called the grandfather father clause or something. Where it's like when men or specifically men when we have children at the age of sixty or seventy plus, it starts to actually become selfish and inconsiderate. Because any kid that has like a 60-year-old, 70-year-old father when they were born, they actually started talking about how it really fucked them up, right? And I get it. Like, it's like, yeah, because realistically, they may be around to your 25 at most. And that's at best. And even if they are around, then they can't really be there as much as like a father needs to be there for a young child. But like, I think there's certain exceptions I've never met, like, a poor... I don't think there's many scenarios out there where a broke 68-year-old dude out here is impregnating a 30-year-old woman. I'm sure it happens. But it's not that often. Like, typically, these are very specific scenarios that can only happen when you got a lot of fucking money. Um, And that's the main thing. All you need to... Properly not be perceived in real time to be a good father is have money. It's only 30 years after will people be like, eh, was he really there? It's like, eh, you know what? Maybe I wasn't there. But you know what? Private school was there. Hey, unlimited lean cuisine was there. Hey, unlimited schooling was there. 
unlimited opportunities to pursue what you've wanted to fucking do is there. But they don't want to talk about that. They just want to talk about, you know what? He wasn't able to play catch with me. It's like your eye-hand coordination was below average and it was not going to get better. All right? And as a person, as a man who's 70 years old, I know it when I see it. You had no potential to be a first baseman even in the college world series. Forget the minor leagues. Forget the major leagues. And you want to come to me and be like, hey, you were never, you know, the reason why you should have me at 40 instead of 60 was because I could have played catch in the backyard when the sewer system was all fucked up. It's like, hey, if I would have had you at 40, I would have never been home anyways. So shut the fuck up, kid. Um, But regardless if I had a kid at 30... 40, 50, or 60, I would still love them. But I think the older I get, I'll be much harsher in their criticism why the fuck I wasn't there. It's like, yeah, I'm 60 years old. <laughs> like, my knees hurt, bitch. <laughs> fuck your mom took a lot of work. <laughs> Sorry. That, that was a little too far. <laughs> it's like, you know what? She wanted a young stallion. But all I could offer was Meg. Um... <laughs> Oh, Meg, because I'm a family guy. All right. Because <laughs> uh, like the one family guy episode where he's like, where the dude has, when he's like, at, I think he's visiting like some old man at some facility. And he's like, what's your name? And he's trying to lie about his name. But next thing you know, he sees a P, he sees a tear, and he sees a random fucking griffin walking, uh, flying across the room. And he's like, P, tear, griffin. Peter Griffin. Oh, shit. <laughs> and that's what I feel like. It's like, no matter what I fucking do, if I was 60 years old and gave you the best opportunity in life that anyone can ask for, you would still find a fucking way to be like, yeah, but he was 65 years old when he had me. It's like, yeah, well, if I was 30 when I had you, you would have never saw me. So be happy. God. Ungrateful children. Um, But... I'm a child of God. I need to stop talking about religion. Um, but hey, I'm going to be a number one podcaster in the world in the near future. Or at least in America. Because this is America. Um, <laughs> I'm so childish. Oh, I would be like Gambit, but I would give her the Beano. Hey, all right. That was bad. X-Men reference. Uh, but yeah. Um, but, you know, there's a lot out here to be mad at. As a young man in this world, it's easy to be mad at the world. As a man that's mad all the fucking time, um, I have a lot of reasons to be mad at the world. But, maybe the world has a lot of reasons to be mad at me. Maybe it's like, man, I created all this opportunity and you are somehow incompetent at capitalizing the opportunity. And then I'm looking at him like, man, you give me all this opportunity, but somehow when I capitalize on it, I only get 10 bucks back. Um, <laughs> God, betting is such a fucking, it's such a scam. Now I'm starting to see. I'm starting to see the light. Betting is a, uh, there's a reason why betting is the most profitable business in the world. It's not because us kin folks make all this money. It's because they make all the fucking money. Because we really believe that we know what the fuck we're looking at. Um, it's like, God damn it. Take two free throws, Jamal Murray. Um, <laughs> uh, Jesus. 
I could have bought like two tires for that. Um, <laughs> two good ones at that. But um, but yeah. Oh Jesus! But media, yeah. I, I guess I'll get into media. Media is this fascinating thing. Media is this thing where what is considered real and what is considered. Uh, I want to say unreal, but what is considered, uh, what is it called? Fibbing. Oh, there's a word. Because I'll fib to your tib until I poke your rib. And then I'm like, damn. Uh, I throw up so much I need to bib. Um, <laughs> and I'm like ice cream because you know I like the dib. Um. And I'll pop a baby on you. Don't forget the crib. Babies are us is way too expensive. But anyways. um, But yeah, media. Media is this general term that people blame for everything in the world. They blame it for why our kids are indoctrined to be gay. We blame it for why our kids are gay. We blame it for why our kids want to be gay. Um, Maybe you're just gay. Um, Maybe you have a lot of gay point of views on things and what's gay there's nothing wrong with being gay but on the simplest of terms if i was gay hypothetically because i'm not if i was gay i would tell my son like hey life's gonna fuck you in the ass um (laughs) literally and if you want to get fucked in the ass life's gonna treat you like it and even if you want to fuck some pussy, life's going to treat you like it wants to fuck you in the ass. Because um, you know what? Regardless if you want to be fucked in the ass or you want to fuck some pussy, rent stays the same. Um, <laughs> and uh, I don't know how gay child support works. Like, you know, do you split the difference? Do you be like, hey, uh, we both got a heart here. Even though... It's like, hey, you personally... Like, how does child support work when you adopt someone? Like, if you adopt someone, is there different child support regulations when you decide to get divorced? Am I planning my divorce? Not gay divorce. But am I planning my divorce? I don't know. Um, But yeah, no media. Media will tell you that having a traditional livelihood is the way. And I'm a man that comes from a traditional, quote-unquote, on-the-surface family. Like, there's probably some things that aren't very traditional. But traditional from the outlook, you know, for perception and shit. Like, hey, you came from a two-parent household. You got two parents that invite you for mac and cheese and barbecue ribs. They love you. And they do. But, is traditional always the best outlook? for things because they say untraditional like in order to get extraordinary results you have to do things that aren't extraordinary you have to do things that are out of the norms to get extraordinary results untraditional things require untraditional process traditional results require traditional progress or traditional actions so, if you truly want a untraditional, out-of-this-world life, don't you technically have to do things that are considered kind of not correct? 
Because when you really think about it, I've been thinking about this recently, you know. If you want, like, the traditional family, kids, and a wife and stuff, are you basically sacrificing the fact that you truly want a lot of fucking money? Because when you look at the billionaires, there's the Jeff Bezos. Yes, he was technically with a woman through the upcoming. But then he got divorced when he was valued at 100 and... Uh, I think he was actually valued at like 80 billion when he got divorced. But then like the second he got divorced, like months later, he's valued at 136 billion. So he's like, yeah, have the 40 billion because I'm about to make it up, bitch. Not literally. Because we don't call women bitches. We call them lovely ladies. But in this case, oh, because she gave it all the charity. She's a different type of woman. Like you really think she gave 40 fucking billion to charity? I would honestly like... Honestly, if I was a friend of hers, as if I was a woman friend of hers, and she gave all $40 billion to charity, I would slap her in the fucking face. If I was a woman. Not a man, but if I was a woman, I would slap her in the fucking face and be like, are you a fucking idiot? Do you really know how these charities work? Do you actually trust the American Red Cross? The bigger the name, the less they actually provide what they say they do um but um if you actually want your money there's two ways to go about it you have to not be technically married or if you get married at a young age get out before you get the real big money um so moral of the story is kids um if you're choosing love or Fruition of maximizing your financial life. You literally have to choose one or the other. So, there's your financial advice for the day. And Caleb Hammer. If you want to invite me to your financial audit and break down my daily budget of overspending on Duncan, I'd be more than glad to put myself on blast. Um, Because, trust me, I think you'd understand. Um, But yeah, no, I've been definitely on this financial dive and I'm not a big financial, like, over-the-top, like... But I do find this stuff interesting. I do think it's important to remind yourself, like, damn, you really don't have any fucking money. Even when you think you have a little bit of money. Like, I think because I'm getting a pay time off check next week that I'm really fucking, like, about to escalate my tax bracket. It's like, no, you're actually not. You actually should have just used that time off... During the year, give yourself peace of mind, and you would have been happier. But it's like, yeah, but <laughs> it's a lot of overtime, baby. But I want to be on one of these financial shows, and I actually want to see, like, because I think I'm really good financially. But at the same time, my situation says I'm not. <laughs> Sometimes you think you're very good at managing things. But then you realize, like, if I'm so good at managing things, how come the situation is managing how I operate? Ooh, there's some deep dive. And boy, uh, deep dive into your whirlpool and let the bubbles come up. Because, boy, uh, it's bubbling. Um, <laughs> uh, and I think dudes that drink bubble tea are not straight. I was going to say slur but i'm a man that's grown from when i was 17 which i actually don't think the f word 
when it comes to, <laughs> I should just shut up. If I don't think the F word when it comes to gay people is really that bad. And I honestly don't even think gay people are as offended by the F word as people that are not gay that have to overcompensate for how much they used to say it in the 8th, 9th, 10th, and 11th grade want to make themselves feel like they actually care about it more. Like, when you actually, like, let's break down slurs, all right? <laughs> I'm not going to say the slurs for the audience out here. But when you actually look at these, I don't even, I hate these terms, liberal. I hate these terms, liberal. I hate these terms, um, like, conservative or whatever the fuck. But when you look at these libs, um... <laughs> Um, the people that are so, like, in tune with how bad these slurs are, are people that are not, only not really directly affected by it, but are probably the most, are probably the people that use that term the most growing up, so they feel the need to overcompensate. It's like, why does a 24-year-old white person in Seattle, Washington give a single fuck if someone says the N-word. There, I said it. Because you know what? In my experience, my black people <laughs> aren't even really as... They, because realistically, when it comes to slurs to a specific community, that community is typically so immune to it and they're so numb to it that hearing someone say it doesn't really like hit their core that much. It's just like, oh, yep, that sounds about right. Um, they're not surprised to hear it as much as someone outside the community that feels like they got to say what no one else is saying. Um, and it's, it's always so uncomfortable to hear these white YouTubers, streamers, Twitch streamers, whatever, talk be these so anti-racist and all this stuff. And then they literally work with people who have a history of saying that shit. And they're the biggest fucking hypocrites. So they don't really fucking care. Like this Hassan Abi dude. He literally has a podcast called Off the... Uh, is it Off the Rail? It's basically... I think it's called The Leftovers Podcast with Ethan Klein. Who has a documented history on YouTube. Saying the N-word. Saying all these racial tropes. Saying these anti-trans and all this stuff but now Ethan Klein is so like anyone that says it like Jordan Peterson who just says like hey just because you identify as something doesn't mean that's what you actually are but hey whatever but he wants to be on this anti-cleaning up his past thing but yet he directly works with someone like that but then wants to be out here and calls everyone racist calls everyone this that and the other but then he literally directly profits, makes YouTube ad revenue, makes a fucking lot of money with someone that literally has a history of that. But we want to ignore that. That's why I want to hear these motherfuckers want to talk about this shit. I just tell them if I were to see them in person, I would tell them to shut the fuck up. Because I don't feel like you're actually around people that are directly affected by those things. And then you want to indirectly profit but not acknowledge that in your direct life, you don't hold those people accountable, but you want to hold these outside from a distance, thousand miles away people accountable. But hey, what the fuck do I know? Um, I'm not the cousin of the person that runs the Young Turks. All right. But hey, 
Fuck me. If you just say something with enough passion and have something and say something with enough following, you are automatically considered as someone who's virtuous. Just because you speak the loudest, have quote unquote the most visual conviction, which should be classified. Conviction doesn't actually always mean you have conviction. It just means that you can lie about it a lot better because you don't even believe half the shit you're saying because there are clips pulled up where you were uncomfortable when Ethan Klein's dumb fucking ass is talking about political shit. Why the fuck should he be talking about anything to be quite honest about it? When Lily, and it's this thing with like iDubs. iDubs, Lily is this famous YouTuber who has come out with an apology. Anytime you see these YouTubers come out with an apology about stuff how they used to post six, seven, eight years ago. Or what got them famous. And talk about, you know, I feel so bad I profited off this shit. And yet, here they are. Are you going to give any of that money back? Like, hey there. <laughs> oh, well, you know, I feel bad that I profit off this as I'm living in this $800,000 house. But hey. You know what? I feel really bad what I did. You are just as bad as the fucking people you are bitching about, complaining about, and being virtuous, virtue signalers about. That's the real problem with these people that are so virtuous about this shit. Is that you are only virtuous because it's convenient for your channel. Because you are virtuous because it's convenient for the fucking fact that you need to actually protect an image of what anyone will get in front of, which is the only reason why people give a fuck about you is because you may have done stuff that may have been a little out of bounds. But yet now you want to apologize, but don't actually want to make up for what you quote unquote think you apologize. So it really makes me feel like you're not actually really sorry for what you did. You're just doing to make things feel a lot better, but you're not actually doing anything to make it better. If that's what you're truly passionate about. But hey, what the fuck do I know? I'm just a guy who has 47 subscribers and growing. And I'm going to be bigger than you, bitch. Um, yeah. yeah. That's why I like, I'm tired of these fucking, like, and I don't like the point. I like, I'm not one of these anti-white people. Like, I actually think that's just corny. They hate your own race. I don't care what race you are. They hate your own skin color, regardless of the history of your skin color. You should be aware of shit, but you should not sit here and hate yourself, hate your mother. And the result, like, it's always weird when someone says, I hate white men. Oh, so you hate your father? It's like, well, yeah, actually. It's like, okay, that's kind of weird. Did he do anything wrong to you? It's like, no, but he's a product of the system of what's wrong in society. It's like, well, I guess he's what's wrong with you. Um... <laughs> Uh, you dumbass bitch. Um, <laughs> uh, but hey, you know what? You're one of 60 billion spermosomes that uh, made it. <laughs> Sorry, inside joke. Literally, it was inside. But one out of 60 billion, I'm a one in a million. Because it goes on and on and on. Like this podcast. <laughs> oh, where's R. Kelly when you need him? Um, cause I'm married to this shit and one day it'll be an old, but it still happened. Um, <laughs> oh Jesus. Uh, but yeah, yeah, no, I'm just tired of these, uh, people that want to act like they're better than life and their past. Decisions. You are not better than your past decisions. Not saying you can't correct yourself. It's not saying you're, it's not saying that you can't acknowledge they were wrong. But if you're truly into this 
man, I felt so bad that I profit off other people's hurt. Then you know what? Everything that you profit off, give it back. Otherwise, shut the fuck up. Honestly, I'm tired of fucking people that are sorry for how they scam people, sorry for how they intimidated people, sorry how they made people feel, but then be like, hey, please don't, please don't take my uh, sponsors. Um, <laughs> please don't take my Google AdSense. Um, it's like people only care when it's convenient to the conveniency of caring, right? Like to me, I don't give a single fuck. If you think I don't like trans or blues clues, trans in blues clues, because um, it's a spotty subject. Because um, <laughs> boy, I bring the salt, and somehow you guys be peppering in your uh, disdain for me. <laughs> uh, who seasons their food, anyways? Um, <laughs> but. I guess you could call it seasoned salt. I'm a seasoned salt vet in this game. <laughs> oh, jeez. All right, sorry. But yeah, no, I'm tired. I'm just tired. I'm just so fucking annoyed by these people that pretend to give a shit about things that not only they don't care about, but they only have like a direct correlation or a direct reason that they actually give a fuck about things. All these people, I don't feel like I've hung out with a person outside of the race in the past eight months. I'll say it. And not that that's a direct correlation of why you should be caring about things. But anytime you hear people talk about how they care about issues that they don't really fucking care about, you need to look at them and be like, I don't feel like any person would hang out with you of any race, to be quite honest with you, because you were fucking obnoxious as fuck. Me included. Um... People say about me, I'm an obnoxious fuck. Until you need my podcasting advice. Um, <laughs> Alright, I'm going to move on. But yeah. So, what do you call a dog with no legs? Doggy style. Because <laughs> uh, I'll look that oval cooch and be like, rough, rough. Um <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, there's so much samples. Um, apparently, so I don't know if you guys know, but there's a song by Bridget Mindler called Ready or Not. Here I come, in a month, and the night is young. Apparently, she just copied that shit from the Fugees. And maybe she didn't know that that song existed. Maybe she wrote that song, and it just happened to sound like Lauryn Hill. That's a miseducation. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a fool. Um, <laughs> it's considered one of the actually best like R&B slash rap albums of all time. But that's like one of the only two albums she ever dropped. She's literally the definition of post and ghost. Like post one all time album and just show up four hours late for concerts and tell them I'm Lauren Hill, bitch. Sometimes she's the definition that less is more. Like, the less you show up for concerts, the less music you point out, you put out, the more you actually demand in people's intrigue in you. Damn, maybe I should take that approach with this podcast. Psych, bitch. Um, 
<laughs> but uh, because that wouldn't work. Um, <laughs> but th- th- this is the thing with this sampling thing, and I've heard it a lot. Like, there's Chris Brown songs. Like, there's this Chris Brown song called uh, Sh- "Is It She Ain't You," and it's actually a Paula Abdul sample. There's this J. Cole workout. That's actually a Paul Abdul sample too. Paul Abdul is more than just American Idol. There's all these samples that literally actually is like the core. It's like this is how these samples things work in like rap and hip hop and R&B. Not specifically, but like, you know, indirectly. It's like they take sample choruses and certain instrumentals and they mix it up a little bit. And it's actually from an old song and then they just add their own like rap verses or R&B verses to make it like technically their song. And it'll be like a song you hear from Chris Brown, right? And like, she ain't you. And then next thing you know, like two years later on the radio, you're hearing like, oh, this is that Chris Brown song. He's like, yeah, this kind of sounds like an old beat. Like, you know, you when you hear like a when you hear 80s and 90s beat, it sounds like pretty lethargic and like, ah, and everything, like the voice is always so downtrown. I wanna put that bad, bad, bad. It's always downtrown, right? Whereas like Chris Brown's like, she ain't you. But it's like, if it's Paula it's like, I wanna see you coming here. Um, and it's like, Michael, uh, no, that's what it is. Chris Brown did a Michael Jackson sample of Human Nature. We did where in Chris Brown's sample, like the bass level and everything, because the current modern listeners, it's so like based up. Where if you listen to Michael Jackson, it's like I want but and then she um, but with Chris Brown, it's so amped up, and that's how like current music compared to old music. That's why I want to hear samples. Like, I'd be finding out, like, every month, I'd be hearing, like, a song from, like, the 80s and 90s when I turn on my car, and I haven't connected my Bluetooth yet. And it'll be on, like, nah, it'll be, like, a 97.9, you know, whatever the beat. And next thing you know, it'll be, like, some classic, uh, whatever old artist song. And it'll be like, oh, this sounds familiar. Be like, and then you start getting depressed, because it'll be like, man, oh, Drake has a, like, Drake is an abuser of this. Like, what these bitches want from a, (laughs) on some DMX shit. Um, That's actually from a DMX song. I didn't know that. I thought he was just saying, on some DMX shit. Um, (laughs) And Drake does that shit a lot. Um, All, a lot of the big artists, J. Cole, Work Out. That is a Paula Abdul song. She got a good thing. And the Paul Abdul song is actually not really that interesting. It's pretty generic and basic. J. Cole actually, have I to the low, bring that booty up down to the flow. Then you hear Paul Abdul's, you're like, oh, yeah. You know what? Sometimes sampling has its place. Because um, <laughs> I would sample that booty <laughs> on American Idol, baby. Because uh, she always looked drunk on there. Um, but hey, don't sweat the small stuff. And she was always very tanned. I guess I could take a word or two from her. <laughs> you know, I honestly feel like if I were to put... I think, honestly, for people of my complexion, I think butter would actually be a better sunscreen than sunscreen. Because when I put butter 
on these fucking pants. I swear to God, this shit is so crispy. Um, <laughs> it's like a good honey crisp apple pie, baby. Because it's so sweet and nectar. And it makes me want to lick you. Like you've been uh, enchanted. Um, <laughs> forever, ever after, baby. Because you got that sweet apple. Buttery. Pecan pie and i want to lick you and trust me that's not a lie and i'm like nick and night because i got that slime oh because i like young thug with that young slime life and i'm about to put my brothers in jail um <laughs> i'm such a fool but yeah no butter i actually think it's probably the main ingredient you need to put in your skin shout out to the light skin complexion um, shout out to my brothers and sisters. It doesn't sound right when you say it like that. Um, uh, sister, sister. Um, but yeah. Oh, by the way, the mother on sister, sister. I think her name is Jackie Harry. I always had a thing for her. She had this like nice, like a strong voice to her that it kind of turned me on. <laughs> like Tia and Tamara like I, I mean like I was younger so it was okay for me as a 12 year old to be like hey these like 18 19 year old girls look very attractive now they would say that about me we have a problem but I can say it about them um but you know they always kind of like the well, well, like the I can't even think of it god damn it I can't even think but anyways their mother maybe that's why I'm a mother lover we could fuck each other's mothers, fuck each other's moms, because I'm on a lonely island with this take. Um, <laughs> I would say my dick's in a box, but uh, shipping is a pain in the ass. I've never understood the pro. Like honestly, this whole like shipping business we have in this world, like I'll just say, it, like FedEx, UPS, DHL. All these shipping companies. I've never shipped a box before. The post office. I've never shipped a box before. Like, it looks like a pain in the ass. Like, I gotta find a random box. Or I gotta pay for a box. Then I gotta pay for a label. Then if it's a mail, I gotta pay for a stamp. Then all the shit I put in the box, that shit costs a lot of money. Shipping is just a lot of fucking money. Why would I want to send any of you motherfuckers anything for Christmas? It's like, how about I just send you like, hey, all in good well, we're not religious, but boy, our love has fell through the cracks, and uh, Santa baby, I'll put a few things in my sack, just make sure that I can produce some out of it when I'm 48, Um, (laughs) because I'm part of the lower 48, hey. Uh, even though everyone wants to visit Alaska and Hawaii, because uh, I be palming your tree stump. Because, boy, she got a dump. <laughs> My lovely lady humps. Check it out. <laughs> By the way, if I ever sang a national anthem like Fergie, I would be proud. Because I'd be better than what I could do. Because, <laughs> boy... Um, She's the only thing that stood out about that All-Star game. Everyone gives Fergie shit about that All-Star anthem. And all I gotta say is, like, 
What else do you remember about that All-Star game? Do you remember who won the three-point contest? Do you remember if the East or West run? Do you remember who was the MVP of the All-Star game? No, you don't. You know what you remember? Fergie-licious. <laughs> she got the boy a frock frock. Um, yeah. But she got that London Bridge. I don't think she was talking about an actual London Bridge in that song, though. I think she was actually talking about... <laughs> Oh, Jesus, when you're such a kid, all these songs, like, when you get older, you realize, oh, the sexual innuendos are on point. (laughs) I guess if I was ever with a London girl, if I ever met a girl that was British, because I would give her that British pound cake, um, (laughs) uh, because, you know, all their desserts are unsweetened, um, (laughs) I think all British desserts are actually not really sweetened or cooked well. Have you ever seen a British cooking show? You look at it and you're like, damn. My mom is a lot better than this. Um, Like, a lot better. Like, I would think the British... Like, the British are known for baking shit, right? So they should be masters at edibles. Um, But I guess not. Because, uh, boy, the Crisco is making me go Frisco. <laughs> oh, baby, I pull out a Draco. Next thing you know, I'm making a go Mako. Because I'm like a shark in the ocean. Away, I go so fast, you would think I'm like, damn. She got a baby, though. Because <laughs> I'm a baby shark. And I'm part of a kid's show. And this is kid-friendly. Not really, though. Um, it can be. But, yeah. Remember, this is a next level podcast. I'm so next level. When you elevate me, I'm going to the next level. Um, and I get a shovel because I'm digging my grave like I'm on home alone. Damn, Kevin. Why are you always running away? <laughs> I'm such a fool. But anyways, yeah. Yeah, um, have you ever went to a mansion and be like, damn, they have less furniture than me? I have. And that actually brings, I came across a video. It was It's like a landscaping channel. It's a channel, well, they don't do just landscaping. They do like interior design and like breaking down inner homes. And he was like, he had a new person on the job, right? And he and the new person was intimidated going to this house because they were intimidated that they would fuck something up, right? And he's like, trust me. He's like, just by looking at how they take care of their home, they're not really that rich. Because it's like, look, look at the type of, like, he was going to detail. Like, look at the wood floors they have. Look at the windows they have. Like, they have these cheap, like... For this type of house, they don't they either don't have the money's maintenance or they don't care to maintain it, which may be worse. I don't know what's worse, not having the money to maintain a high uh level style house or having the money and des- and deciding like, "Eh, fuck it." And it kind of got and have you ever seen those house like there's all they're always like off these random back streets, right? 
they're not part of a neighborhood. They're always off these like little two lane roads where it's like, oh man, that looks like a really random nice house. And it's like, did they build this house here because they wanted to be a big fish in a small pond? Or did they build this house here because they got a nice tax benefit and they really can't afford to live in this house, but it looks good. And it's like, damn, they got a nice circular driveway. Um, (laughs) Everyone knows what I'm talking about, too. When you see that circular driveway where it's like this long and it's like these, oh, they got these specific quartz and grindstone type of like a like a what is it like fucking housing boards that they have for the exterior it, like you know when you go in the inside it's going to be empty as fuck or they're going to have a shitload of bugs um they're going to have like no dining room they're going to have like a random tv in the living room and then they'll have like a couple lawn chairs and then you're going to go in the kitchen they may have a whirlpool but the water doesn't fucking work or they haven't changed out their filter in three years and it tastes like it. They have an ice maker that doesn't even make ice. Then you go in the freezer. They probably have pizza rolls. You go in the fridge. They probably just have a bunch of sauces and then like some expired beef. And you go in the cabinets. You know they have no seasoning. And you go in the cabinets. You know they have like half a thing of olive oil. And the only reason why they use the olive oil is to cook their edibles. Because that's all they do fucking all day. It's sell drugs. And so, anytime I see a house like that off the random road. Anytime I see like an $800,000 house randomly. And they have like one or two cars. But it looks kind of bare on the outside. And it looks like their grass hasn't been cut in two days. Or two weeks. And like you just know the inside looks empty. You're just like, eh. Alright. That's why... If I were to buy a house, it would be $40,000, $240,000 or less. Because all I need is a podcast studio, baby. All right. And that is episode 199 of the Off and Be podcast. That means the next one is going to be 200. June 8th will be the two-year anniversary of this podcast. That's a pretty big deal. I'm hoping to post episode 200 by then, but I got to see how the dates work and the episodes work. But yeah, don't forget to like, follow, comment, subscribe, hit the notification bell. But most important, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to suck some titties. I don't know if I said it at the beginning, but it's the most important part of the podcast. Uh, but yeah, keep the podcast growing. I continue to keep on loving what I do. And the most important part is whatever you do in life, Um, just change the rules and call it pickleball and find a way to make money off it. You unathletic white people. So yeah, uh, whenever this is posted, have a great day. All right. I'll see you guys next time. Titties. Ooh, damn. My shoulder's clenched.